This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. But one other thing from this game. Tommy Pham is just Tommy Pham. Okay, that's that's what he is. He was 0 for 3 against Gore. He struck out three times. He is hitting about 215. He is what he is. I think Buck needs to have an alteration against lefties, and I'll tell you exactly what it is. Brett Beatty plays third base. Eduardo Escobar DHs. That's it. That's it. Because no matter who the lefty is, we saw it against Mackenzie Gore. We saw it in San Francisco. We're probably going to see it against Atlanta. He's not playing Brett Beatty against left-handed pitching. And while I understand you may want to protect him, let's look at your other options. Tommy Pham is basically going to play against lefties. And my question would be, why? I don't think he has to. So instead of just DHing Pham or having Pham play the outfield, but basically his bat is being added to the lineup against lefties, keep Beatty in and DH Escobar. That's what I would do. That's my first alteration against lefties because the Mets have been on this incredible stretch. The New York Mets, you ready for this? This is I think this is fascinating. You tell me. They have played how many series now? If you count it out, the opener against the Marlins, uh, the series in Milwaukee, the series at home against Miami, the series at home against San Diego, and then on the road trip, it was Oakland, L.A., San Francisco, and now Washington. They have played eight series this season. They have faced a left-handed starter in every single series. Every one of them. And that streak will continue over the weekend against the Braves because the first guy they're going to face is Max Free right out the gate. So the Mets are facing a lot of left-handed starting pitching. And that's not going away. I think even the Detroit series coming up, they're going to face a lefty. So this streak will expand to 10 consecutive series where they face a lefty starter. They're facing a lot of lefties. I have seen enough. Eduardo Escobar DHs. Brett Beatty plays third base. Boom. Boom. I think Beatty had a tremendous finale to this series. He had a three-hit game. He got on base four times. Granted, it was all against righties. But play him against lefties. 
That'd be my advice to Buck. Play him against lefties. But it's crazy, man. They they face so many freaking left-handed pitching. So much of it. And in this Atlanta series, I, I don't know how many games they're going to play against the Braves because the weather looks so bad over the weekend. But they are scheduled to play a four-game series against Atlanta. Max Fried's going to pitch the opener. Then they face three right-handers. So the streak continues on with the Mets facing an absurd amount of left-handed pitching. Absurd. Does that mean they're going to call up Mark Vientos? Probably not. <laughs> that's that's probably not happening anytime soon. But they have played the entire week minus a guy on the roster because of the Max Scherzer suspension. Though what they did with Edwin Uset that feels kind of dirty. Uh, so here's the deal. When a guy is sent down, you can't recall them uh, for 10 days unless they replace a guy who's placed on the injured list. So when the Mets were looking for a starter for the Tuesday night game, Jose Budo always made the most sense. And I, I said it on the last Rico. I don't think he's been down in the minors enough. He needs to replace somebody who goes on the injured list. So all of a sudden, Edwin Uceta, who had pitched the Saturday game against the Giants out of the bullpen and pitched pretty well, comes down with an ankle injury. Come on. Is that really what happened? Is it possible that Jeremy Hefner went up to Edwin and said, hey, Edwin, how you feeling? And Edwin said, I'm great. And Jeremy said, but how's your ankle? And Edwin said, my ankle's fine. And then Jeremy kicks his ankle <laughs> and says, is it still fine? Oh, no, it's actually hurt. Okay, you're going on the IL. Because how the hell else were they going to get Jose Budo on this roster? And then I hear, oh, but don't worry, Edwin, you said it's going to come off the IL when he's first eligible. No kidding. He's probably not hurt. <laughs> Of course, he's coming off the IL when he's first eligible. Yeah, he's fine. No big deal. I'm I'm sick of all these random injuries that that happen. I'm sick. I'm sick of the call ups and the call downs. I know that they have to do this constantly, but it's so poorly done. And, and I got to be honest. I know Tommy Hunter. He had a good inning, and then they put him out too long, and it, it just was bad. But I'm kind of over the Tommy Hunter stuff. Like I feel like. The Mets are too good. They don't need that good old vet to come out of the bullpen here and there. You you have better arms in the minors. You do. Well, I, I, I'm glad Denny Reyes is back. Because I thought Denny Reyes, who actually came up when Adam Adovino went on the paternity list. He didn't pitch in the finale of this series. I thought he looked pretty good when he was up here. Uh, Tommy Hunter's just going to remain around because Buck likes him and he's an innings eater. And you are going to need guys... You know, especially go back to the opener of the series against Washington when they were losing 5 nothing or 4 nothing. You just need guys to come in and get outs because you can't use your high-leverage guys all the time. You got to keep them relatively fresh. But Jimmy Yacobonis, Tommy Hunter, guys like that. I think Jeb Brigham has been so impressive despite giving up a run the other night that he's here to stay. I think he's one of those guys in the bullpen that's going to stick around for a while, in my opinion. But this is going to be interesting, this four-game series against Atlanta. Number one, how many games they're going to play. Like I mentioned, the weather forecast looks really bad. And this is going to be a good test. Because if you look at the pitching matchups going into this series, the Mets are at a disadvantage in every single game but the finale. Here's the way it lines up. Max Fried is going to pitch the opener against David Peterson. Could be Peterson's last start in the Met rotation for a while, assuming everybody's healthy. Tyler McGill against Spencer Strider. The Mets did a pretty good job against Strider last year. But Spencer Strider's coming off a performance, I think, where he struck out 13 guys. So advantage number two. 
Jose Budo on Sunday afternoon against Charlie Morton. And then finally, if Scherzer makes his first start in which he's eligible to, it would be Monday against Bryce Elder. So I'd argue the Braves have the pitching edge in every one of these games until the finale of this series. They're going to play Friday. The weather looks fine. Saturday and Sunday look horrific. So what I wonder about is if they rain both those games out, I assume they would just go play a doubleheader on Monday. Now, the Braves only come in one other time. That's part of the new scheduling now. Division rivals only come in one time, uh, twice. They don't come in three times anymore. There are some common off days they could finagle. But there is a chance if they have to rain out two games this weekend, they'd be forced to play a doubleheader on Monday before the Mets head to Detroit to take on the Tigers. Because the weather forecast for Saturday and Sunday look awful. And again, it is a wraparound series. So even though it starts on Friday, there is a game Monday, four games against Atlanta. And the Mets go into this showdown with the Braves actually only two games back because the Braves blew a lead on Thursday afternoon. They were actually up 4 nothing in the ninth inning and absolutely collapsed. A.J. Minter has been really struggling. So the Mets go into this series two games back. Assuming they play four games for the sake of this podcast, just so we don't get too confused about it, I would take a split. Knowing the pitching matchups, knowing the way the Braves are playing, I think I would be okay 2-2 two and two against Atlanta. You agree with that, Pete? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I, I kind of have to because it's the Braves and it's better than losing. But, I mean, I the pitching matchup is what makes me say 2-2 two two is great. I, I, I kind of hate it right now. The, 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 the pitchers, the starting pitchers are not very good. Between Peterson, Budo, it just it's not very. It's not ideal. No. It's not ideal. I mean, think about it this way, Pete. The guys starting against Atlanta in three of the four games are all depth guys. They were all guys that were not supposed to be in the rotation at the beginning of the season. Meanwhile, I'd argue Max Fried and Spencer Strider are their two best starting pitchers. So, yeah, it starting pitching-wise, you don't feel great about it necessarily. And despite breaking out offensively on Thursday against Washington – I don't think any of us think they're going to put up a crooked number against Max Freed and Spencer Strider specifically on Friday and Saturday. So, yeah, I would absolutely take a split as well. And then did, now um, Verlander has – is tomorrow the rehab or today was? His rehab start is on Friday, and then he would come back and pitch Wednesday against the Tigers. That's the plan. Got it. So, so. if all goes well with Verlander – he would then make his first start back against Detroit. That's why with Scherzer coming back and Verlander potentially coming back, there were two guys that get eliminated from this rotation. They could keep a guy in another turnaround just to give everybody extra rest, which I would not be stunned by. So I guess David Peterson may not necessarily be pitching for his Met, Met life for now because he could come back and make another start next week. That's absolutely on the table. Let's get to a couple of your emails, thericob at gmail.com. Larry Cordero writes, uh, Evan, Pete, love the podcast. 
I think the Mets have to get Marte out of the two hole. He's been awful. A little bit better the last few days, but I understand. Here's his new lineup. He'd go Nimmo one, Lindor two, McNeil three, Alonzo four, Beatty five, Marte six, the DH seven, Alvarez eight, Mark Canna nine. So there's a couple of things I actually like about this. I think Jeff McNeil could hit anywhere. Let's start with that. I think McNeil is such a good hitter that if you needed him to lead off, great. If you want him to bat second, great. You want to have him at third, fantastic. You want to have him protect Alonzo, which I really like, super. So I think McNeil's easy. You could put him anywhere you want. I'm not sure they're ready to put Beatty in that spot up to five. I think he's got to hit a little bit more before you protect Alonzo with Beatty. But I'll tell you what Larry did that I do like. I've always been partial to the guy batting ninth being an on-base guy because I want that guy getting on base ahead of my top of the order. So while Mark Hanna is not off to the greatest start in the world, Mark Hanna will give you long at-bats. Mark Hanna can draw a walk. I don't think Mark Hanna batting ninth is the worst idea in the world. And I think once Alvarez starts to hit on some kind of consistent basis, I wouldn't have him hitting ninth. So the idea of Mark Hanna batting ninth is not the worst thing in the world. I'm not totally against it. So I, I give no, you, I give you no, credit for that one. That, uh, listen, I, I got to be honest, and I know this is Little League, so it's different, but I do that all the time too. Like I want to – I you can't make a lineup top-heavy, even in the majors. You just can't do it. Like if, if like we like said, Nito, you try to have to hide that at bat, but that, that bat, but like if he's ninth, and then you go into Nimmo, it does it doesn't help the cause at all. And if he does get on base, Nimmo's speed screwed because Nito's not that fast. So you need to have somebody to kind of build into that back end. So I, I I actually love that. But McNeil three, he said. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. I've, I I think McNeil fits anywhere. I, I mean, honestly, like Jeff McNeil's such a good hitter, you can stick him wherever you want. You don't think though, like he's either really good right behind Nemo or after an Alonzo type of deal. Like I actually like it. it if Pete Alonzo can't drive a run in, I'm actually not opposed to McNeil being able to do it. He's oh no, no, I, I think right now because they have been so uneven in finding a guy to protect Alonzo, McNeil's the best option. Like right now, I I actually like the consistent one through five that Buck's thrown out there. Buck has been very consistent about that. That when guys are healthy, it is Nemo. It is Marte, Lindor, Alonzo. It's really one through four that's consistent. And then a lot of times against a righty, we'd see McNeil batting fifth. A couple of emails about the sweeper. The sweeper's pissing a lot of people off. Michael Shire writes, what are your thoughts on this magical new pitch that was just invented out of thin air? Are we saying every pitching, every pitcher that throws 50% of it learned and mastered a new pitch in one offseason? Or is this just the soup du jour? I personally hate it, and it feels like the flavor of the month. Please advise. Adam Menson, same thing. What the hell? When did the media guy get the memo to start calling it a sweeper, and why wasn't baseball fans publicly copied about it? So apparently the sweeper has been around for a long time. It's a variation on the slider that has more horizontal movement. Like, there's variations to the slider. There's the slurve. There's varies. I guess it's just that this is the first time it's been called something. And so that's why we're hearing it all the time. But the pitch itself has been around for a long time. So, but, but it's in our lexicon 
only because now it's up on MLB scoreboards. It's in GameCast. Like, they're just telling you this is the kind of slider it is. It's a sweeper. So it is strange to hear that term out of nowhere. But no, it's not a new pitch that everybody just invented in the last five minutes. We've heard a lot of it. In fact, there was a funny story earlier this season. Uh, I'm trying to remember the pitcher. I think it was the uh, a reliever on the San Diego Padres who throws the sweeper. Where the scoreboard that he was pitching at didn't know it was a sweeper and somehow decided to call it a slaughter. And so the scoreboard kept putting up that he was throwing a slaughter, which I have, I got to tell you, bro, I've never heard of the slaughter. I didn't know what it was. And so everybody got a little, little laugh out of it. They all thought it was fun. I've heard of a few slaughters in my day. <laughs> Look at you. Look <laughs> at you. So a couple of Rico scheduling notes. Because they're playing a four-game series against the Atlanta Braves, and I kind of like adding that second podcast in the midst of a four-game series, we will try at some point to kind of split up the Braves series with a podcast probably Saturday night, uh, early Sunday morning. We'll have it posted late Saturday night, whenever, assuming they get the games in. And even if they don't, maybe good time to talk about what the plans would be if there are rainouts. And then I think we'll do a Rico after the series ends, which is Monday. So normally we give you the Sunday night series is over podcast. Just to give you a heads up, I don't think it makes a lot of sense this time around because of the oddness of this series. It's a four-game series. So look for a new Rico late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and then again Monday night into Tuesday morning. I just think that makes the most sense with the series that's coming up against the Atlanta Braves. But keep an eye on the fact that the weather looks very, very bad. We may not get four games against the Braves, and that's not the worst thing in the world. If they get a few rainouts, I am not against it, considering the pitching situation. And then they head to Detroit to take on the Tigers. So all in all, the Mets have at least stopped the bleeding by winning the finale of this three-game series against the Washington Nationals. You can email the pod, B at gmail.com, B at gmail.com, and you can check out Hoff on the Fan with Tiki and Tierney, me with Craig, 2 o'clock. Appreciate you listening and downloading Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.